Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. Yes, I'm live this week of Thanksgiving. I hope you are geared up. Uh, Don't forget, if you want to help Hungry for a Day, feed families this Thanksgiving. If you text the word donate to 33777, I'll send you back the link. Uh, You can click it, donate. Uh, Every $40 goes to feeding a family of four, providing them the turkey, the sweet potatoes, all the sides for Thanksgiving. Uh, Donate to 33777. Thank you guys for being here this week. Uh, I know people are starting to wind down. I'm going to be here today and tomorrow and then uh, start doing the cooking and all that on Wednesday and traveling. So let's get to the news. The big news out of the gate, of course, is this from Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, late Friday afternoon. Based on recent developments, including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election, and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. Such an an appointment underscores the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters. It also allows prosecutors and agents to continue their work expeditiously and to make decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. Right, right. The Attorney General of the United States has decided Jack Smith needs to come in and decide whether or not to indict Donald Trump, that it would be political otherwise. Now, this is the same Attorney General who will not enforce rules against protesting outside federal judges' homes, allowing the uh, Roe v. Wade protesters to stand outside Supreme Court justices' houses. Uh, This is the same attorney general who feels no need to investigate the series of arson attacks on pregnancy centers around the country. Uh, This is the same attorney general who, right before the election, started rounding up and throwing in jail pro-life protesters who had uh, stood outside abortion clinics after prior administrations said there was no there there. Uh, nope, not guided by politics at all. Not, no, this isn't political at all. Jack Smith is the guy's name. He's in The Hague. He is a war crimes prosecutor right now, but he's actually a, a public corruptions prosecutor. Interestingly enough, he is the federal prosecutor who prosecuted Bob McDonnell, Uh, the then governor of Virginia, and the Supreme Court threw out that case nine to nothing against Bob McDonald. McDonald was considered a front runner for the GOP until he was indicted by the Democrats. In 2010, Smith was the then chief of the Department of Justice Criminal Division's Public Integrity Section, called a meeting with Lois Lerner to, quote, discuss how the IRS could assist in the criminal enforcement of campaign finance laws against politically active nonprofits. Lois Lerner wound up resigning uh, because it became clear she was targeting conservative groups to deny them tax-exempt status. In his email to Lerner, he writes, "Uh, this seems egregious to me. Could we ever charge a conspiracy to violate laws of the U.S. for misuse of such nonprofits to get around existing campaign finance laws limits? Uh, Sorry, he wrote that to a colleague. His email suggested the department investigate conservative nonprofits that might have violated campaign finance laws. This came after Obama 
criticized uh, the Citizens United versus FEC case. He's an activist career prosecutor who likes to prosecute anyone he, he thinks is running afoul of, of public corruption. He's now doing it over in the Netherlands of the world court. He's coming home to decide whether or not to indict Trump, which means he's probably going to, given his track record, given his career, he probably wants to do that. Notice how there hasn't been a ton of buzz about this in the media. They talked a little bit about it on Friday, but there hasn't been a ton since. Here's the problem. This really has as much to do with everyone else as it does Donald Trump. You see, we now have the data about just how badly Donald Trump's candidates in the election. I I had several people tag me on a piece on Instagram. And it was a, you should talk about this on Monday. You should talk about, why haven't you talked about this, Erickson? What are you covering up? And it was essentially that Donald Trump had 235 endorsed candidates and uh, 219 or so of them won. It's not really exactly the case. Why let facts stand in the way of an Instagram meme you want to believe is true? So Donald Trump did endorse 235 candidates, and two-thirds of them did win. You will not be surprised to learn that the two-thirds who won were not in competitive races or were running unopposed. What is a competitive race? Well, let's just say that uh, Biden won the seat within 15 points. We'll consider those competitive races. So if Biden got 15% more than Donald Trump, in an area, we'll say, hey, let's consider that competitive. I wouldn't. I would go like Biden plus five, Biden plus 10. But let's just, for the sake of charity, let's look at candidates who won or lost in areas where Biden got 15% higher. Well, 144 of Donald Trump-endorsed candidates exceeded the average Republicans usually get at the vote for midterms by 1.52%. But in 257 races where Trump did not endorse, Republicans exceeded their baseline by 1.46%. So kind of a wash. Now let's look at the districts where the margin of victory was less than 15 points. That's kind of in the balance, wouldn't you say? In 114 districts, where a candidate was endorsed by Donald Trump and a seat Joe Biden won by 15 points or less, Trump's candidates underperformed what Republicans normally get in that area by five points. Republicans who did not have Trump's blessing overperformed Republican average performance by 2.2 points. In other words, Trump candidates in key races that mattered underperformed by five points. Yes, Donald Trump, majority of his candidates, two-thirds of them, uh, actually got got elected, but they either were running unopposed or running in like R plus 50 seats. So you can't really go through that. What about the ones where, where Biden, uh, it was like an R or a D plus 15 or lower? Well, turns out Trump's candidates underperformed. So you also have to recall that back in August, when they raided Mar-a-Lago, there was this massive rush to back Trump. Everybody was went all Tammy Wynette, stand by their man. And he he shot up in the polls of Republicans, and Republicans in the generic ballot began to crash. Well, 
the Democrats are concerned. Stan Greenberg is the most prominent Democratic pollster in America. And Stan Greenberg, I don't think it was really a coincidence that on Friday morning, Stan Greenberg released his polling that Ron DeSantis would beat any comer on the Democratic side. The election were held tomorrow. Ron DeSantis would not only win, but he would win a majority of the Hispanic vote. Surprise, Friday afternoon, Merrick Garland rushed us up. We we may have to indict Trump now. We got to get the Republicans to circle the wagons. We got to boost his popularity among Republicans. We need to indict him. That's Dan Greenberg poll. Have you seen it? We got to stop DeSantis. We, we, we got to rally the wagons, circle the wagons around Trump. I mean, part of that is let, let's not kid ourselves. This is a politicized Department of Justice. The, the media loves to touch us. Merrick Garland is not a politician. Uh, Merrick Garland is prosecuting pro-lifers who protested abortion clinics while ignoring people firebombing pro-life pregnancy centers. The man is absolutely a partisan hack, and those around him are partisan progressives. They've stockpiled them in the Department of Justice. They see the writing on the wall. They need Republicans to rally around Trump. Let's indict the SOBs, they're thinking. And regardless of whether my theory is right or conspiracy, and I think it's right, uh, Jack Smith, the prosecutor himself, has a very high mind of what he does and can accomplish, despite a mixed track record, including the Supreme Court throwing out his top indictment against Bob McDonald years ago. McDonald was found guilty by a jury. It went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said this is ridiculous. Nine to nothing, they threw out Bob McDonald's uh, conviction. Here's the bottom line for everybody. It does no one any good to prosecute Donald Trump. You're not going to come out of this with a justice system with integrity. Because half the nation, if not more than half the nation, is going to view it as a political persecution. And they would be right. There comes a time, frankly, for the sake of justice, where justice turns a blind eye. And I know there are people that rubs the wrong way, but you haven't paid attention to American history if you think that doesn't happen and hasn't happened for the good of the country over a very long time. If you just let Donald Trump go away and disappear, ignore him and give him no press, he fades. And frankly, it's for the good of the entire system of justice in this country to just let Donald Trump fade away. You're not going to bury him under the jail. You're not. You're going to pour massive amounts of resources into prosecuting this man. And the odds of you getting him, I mean, the left lives in this fantasy that Donald Trump is going to prison tomorrow. Donald Trump is not going to prison tomorrow. Jack Smith, if he were wise, would look at this and say, there's there's no there there. You can find other people. There are those around him, I'm sure, who probably should be indicted. But this witch hunt to get Trump, at at some point, it just looks like they're doing everything possible to try to stop him. You can't take the politics out of it at this point. These aggressive Democratic partisans campaigning on their ability to prosecute Donald Trump pervert justice and make justice political by doing it. Let it go. But what they want to do is they want Republicans to circle the wagons around Trump. They need Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee in 2024. He's probably the only one Joe Biden could beat. 
you know, Democrats, all the polling before the election was like only a quarter of Democrats want Biden to be the nominee in 2024 for the Democrats. And now suddenly it's like 75% of them say he's going to win in 2024. He may not be alive by 24. The man just turned 80 years old. It's a high stress job. God bless him. Pray for the president and his health. But I mean, really? Going to run for president at 82 years old? Not a wise thing for the Democrats to do. But there would be a civil war on the Democratic side. If Joe Biden's not the nominee, he's the only one who can keep the Democratic Party together. In the same way, Donald Trump is probably the only one Biden can beat. Now, I know there, there are Trump partisans out there like, no, no, Trump can beat him. 2020 was stolen. 2022 wasn't stolen. It didn't turn out so well. I mean, in fact, we're starting to see out in Arizona, some of them are saying, ah, actually, Arizona was stolen. Well, it really wasn't, but that's all they got. Uh, they got to find some way. The apologetics out there for this stuff is, is kind of crazy. It would not be good or healthy for the country if Donald Trump were indicted, left-wing fever dreams notwithstanding. If they do indict Donald Trump, it's going to be a messy affair. It's going to undermine people's faith in the judiciary and the justice system. It's going to look like, because it will be a partisan political witch hunt, it's time to move forward. It is. People don't like to hear that on the left. Like, how can you say we shouldn't prosecute someone who did uh, this history? The history of this country has an entire history of choosing to ignore people and letting them fade away instead of dragging them out and making a spectacle of it, including the judicial system. The fact that they did this on a Friday afternoon and it got very little buzz over the weekend on the Sunday shows is interesting to me. I'm not sure people know what to make of it. I know exactly what to make of it. They got to have Republicans circle the wagons around Donald Trump and stop anyone else from being the Republican nominee. And if they prosecute him, it's going to embolden Republicans to stand by their man. They will fall into the trap and the Democrats will be happy. They will have something accomplished. I personally think it's just time for all of us to move on to the future. But what do I know? Let's pause and just talk about what's going on in the country for a moment. We got sky high inflation. We got runaway government spending. Trust in Washington is completely eroded. When government is this dysfunctional, you got to change the course of the country. You know you have to. That's why I'm excited about the work Americans for Prosperity is doing. They're focused on policy solutions that actually improve people's lives, unlike so many in D.C. who just want to play political football and have power. Americans for Prosperity doesn't just come up with solutions. They act on those solutions. They have the largest network of community activists in the country. They are out there every day talking to millions of their fellow Americans. If you're interested in seeing how you can get started with Americans for Prosperity in your community, visit americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. That's americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. The Republican Jewish Coalition, they met in Las Vegas, Nevada, this past weekend to assess the Republican candidates. Donald Trump gave a uh, video speech via satellite. I don't know if it was live or pre-recorded. Nikki Haley was there. Mike Pompeo was there. I think Mike Pence was there. Uh, the keynote uh, for one of the dinners was Ron DeSantis, who was in person. 
everybody trying to scramble around for the future. Um, the, the speeches were fine. The speeches were fine. Don't have a, real, a lot of audio. Most of it was closed door. Um, but the vetting clearly for 2024 has begun, and we're only, I, I think they're still counting votes in California. It's, unfortunately, we're going to have to make this assessment. I will tell you I'm inviting all these candidates to Atlanta, Georgia next August. Um, right after Thanksgiving, I think we'll be prepared to start letting people uh, sign up early for the event. But we're inviting all the candidates who may want to run in 2024. And then some uh, to sit on stage and take questions from the crowd. Uh, we'll weave them into a conversation. It's it's time to explore. It's time to consider. It's time to move forward uh, as a political party on how do we look to the future? What do we do in the future? So I'm I'm excited for the opportunity. It was interesting reading the press coverage uh, from the Republican Jewish Association or coalition out in Las Vegas. Uh, Israel obviously remains a big issue among Republicans, as it should. It's the only democracy in the Middle East. We absolutely should defend it. Uh, we absolutely should uh, have their back. And it's good to see that the Republican Jewish Coalition is playing an influential role in helping shape the future of the party, particularly with this uh, latent rise of, it's not really even latent, it's more patent rise of anti-Semitism spreading across the nation right now, uh, having some robust defense of, of Israel and uh, Jews in America is a good thing. What is very interesting to me, though, is that they set Ron DeSantis as a keynote speaker at a dinner. Everybody got to be on stage, but DeSantis, to some degree, had the captured audience at the dinner. Uh, I, listen... I always hesitate to say this stuff because I, I'm not making it an endorsement. I just see the writing on the wall, uh, and my job is to not dance around issues for you but tell you exactly what I think, even if it gets me in trouble with friends. But the fact that you're having so many groups now kind of line up like this and, and everybody has eyes on DeSantis, I don't know that he can keep it together for two years. Can he keep the momentum going? Or will he be yesterday's news by the time we get to 2024? I don't know, but he seems to want to try without doing it. And thus far, he's done a very good job of deflecting and minimizing and, and focusing on being governor of Florida. Ted Cruz, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, DeSantis, Trump, they were all at the event. There were others as well at the event. Uh, you know, Cruz will be on the ballot in Texas for the Senate in 2024. I don't know that he runs for president. He, he seems to be thinking about it, uh, maybe better to actually be the um, Republican nominee for the Senate in Texas. I, my my concern is that I do think, I, I do, I am biased, I do think that the GOP would be better served moving forward with a fresh face in 2024. And I also do think that the larger and more crowded the field is, the more likely uh, Republican voters say, oh, let's just go with what we know, let's go with Trump. Um when you have that many people on a stage. And, you know, interestingly enough, I do think that the moderate candidates are the ones who are going to rush forward and try to crowd the field, and that does nothing but help Trump. There's also this never-Trump faction in the media that uh, is doing everything they can to make sure he's the nominee because as much as they claim to hate him, they make so much money off of him, they've got to keep him in the spotlight at all times. So we're going to be dealing with that as well. When we come back... 
we got to talk about TikTok, something the Democrats are saying Trump was right about. I'm several years in on my bowl and branch sheets and they keep getting softer. Every time you wash them, they get softer. They hold up after multiple washes over multiple years. They even have those deep fitting sheets for the fitted sheets for the big mattresses like I've got. They're great. And for the holidays, consider them as a great gift for yourself or someone else. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton threads on earth. They have a great weight for them. They're cool in the summer. They're warm in the fall. They just in, in the cold weather season, they just have a good drape on your body. They just give you something uh, better than your standard sheet that you're going to get. They're great. I enjoy them. I love that they keep getting softer. Every time I wash them and put them back on the bed, they're a better surprise. Their signature sheets come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box. They're going to look great. They're going to be unboxed. You're going to make somebody happy. This Black Friday, give the gift of a better night's sleep with Bowl & Branch. Get 25% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. The offer ends November 27th. Hello there. Welcome. Phone lines are open, 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program today. Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, is going to join me at 1 o'clock, the top of the second hour, about eh, 106 or so. Now, uh, I actually want to get to the phones. Michael, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Um, I, I I would like to respectfully disagree with your analysis at the beginning of the show. And the reason I would like to is because of what you said after the midterms, at least from what I recall. Um, my understanding is that the midterms were pretty much a disaster because of Trump-supported and Trump-backed, Trump-endorsed candidates in, in the important swing states for, for the Senate and the House, and the red wave was a red puddle. Um, wouldn't this in, indictment, investigation, whatever, wouldn't that kind of do what we're trying to do here is to remove Trump from the equation here and put our best candidate forward, which at the moment, even though he hasn't, declared <clears throat> looks like DeSantis. Um, from, from what I understood, the, the reason we lost midterms was partly because of the Trump endorsement and partly because of the independent voters who thought that the character of the Republican Party was questionable. I would think that this would sway them towards the Democratic Party being questionable and push them towards the Republicans. I just think it might Look, do <clears throat> what so I, we I need to do to get and, DeSantis and yeah. out there. Um, maybe it will. My my sense is that the Democrats think uh, there will be a rally around the wag, uh, ra- rally around the the candidate effect. Uh, whether or not there is, that's fine. <laughs> um, I, yeah, look, I I kind of think that uh, back to your point specifically. You, I I get a sense that there are some diehard Trump supporters who aren't ready to move forward. I get hate mail from them on a daily basis when I bring this up. They want me to know they're real. Uh, They hate listen. They're never listening again, and yet they email again later. Uh, But concurrent to all of them. Do you think the majority of the Republican Party, though, would back DeSantis if they saw a chance to win due to the trifecta? Congress, Senate, and presidency? Um, I think so. Republicans like a winner. They don't like a loser. And the data from uh, the midterms is that DeSantis actually won very big. Uh, there have now been two consecutive elections, uh, three consecutive elections in a row, where Trump and trump back candidates went down in flames. And that should matter to the GOP. Now, listen, I, I, I got to say this in all honesty. 
Uh, this wasn't what I was going to talk about, but but Michael kind of kind of forces my hand here. On a daily basis, I get very angry comments and emails from people who are diehard Donald Trump supporters. And I understand their loyalty. Donald Trump speaks for a lot of people who feel like they have been ignored. And he had their back and they have his back. What I dislike is the apologetics, the false apologetics. I really dislike that. I find it very misleading. What I mean by that is, I mean, take, for example, the talking point that two-thirds of Donald Trump's candidates won the midterms, that really he's not an an anchor. Well, yes, that is true. Two-thirds of his candidates won, but they also weren't in seats that mattered. They either ran unopposed or they were in such uh, heavily Republican areas, they just weren't going to lose. But in the seats that mattered, whether it was Arizona or um, Nevada or Pennsylvania or Georgia, they either lost or so much went into trying to get them elected that it sacrificed other seats. I think that sort of stuff matters. If you want to back Trump, back Trump. He's not my guy. If Donald Trump is the Republican nominee, I have no doubt the policies he would advance would be far better than the policies advanced by this current administration. And perhaps that will persuade people to come over. But I do think you do have to look at three elections in a row. 2018, you could say was, well, it was the midterms and the party that controls the White House does bad, except how do you explain 2022? And then you have to look at 2020, and there were some, you will never convince them it wasn't stolen. Okay, what about 2022? How is it that the non-Trump Republican candidates in Arizona did very well, and the Trump candidates in Arizona did not? You got to win Arizona. What about in Georgia? All of Trump's primary picks went down in flames in the primary, and the non-Trump candidates did quite well in the general. The one major Trump candidate, Herschel Walker, is in a runoff. What about Pennsylvania? Dr. Oz being dragged down by Mastriano. They both lost. Republicans lost as a result of the massive fallout there. The House representatives, some strategy has to come and play here. I Listen, I, I totally get why people like Donald Trump. I hope you understand why I don't. It's not, uh, I, I just, I, I don't believe in own the lib politics. I actually want to win. I want to win. And Donald Trump won in 2016, and I didn't think he could. And he governed way better than I expected him to, which is why I decided to support him in 2020. But electorally, we've got to grow the party if we want to win. There are not enough pure Trump voters out there to just show up at the polls and win. And I look at the other candidates. I mean, look at Ron DeSantis in Florida. He barely won in 2018. And in 2022, he maxed out the vote, got a majority of the Hispanic vote, won Miami-Dade County, picked up a, a numerous Democrats, and it's not like the guy is an establishmentarian. I just think you've got to think beyond the past. I would really like to beat the Democrats. In particular, I think that the policies being advanced from their environmentalist policies to their cultural policies are bad for this country. And I think we need a Republican who can play smartly 
and win. And I don't personally think that's Donald Trump. And I know some of you do. And as much as we agree on so much, that's one we probably will not agree on. Uh, and the question is, if I commit to not taking my football and going home, should he be the nominee in 2024? Will you commit to not taking your football and going home if he's not? That's what primaries are supposed to be for. My real concern ultimately is that uh, people are so thin-skinned and sensitive these days. If their guy's not the nominee, and whether it's, it's him or someone else, if it's not their guy, they say, well, I mean, I was insulted. I'm not going to go vote. I mean, frankly, this is what happened in Arizona with Kerry Lake. A few days before the election, she was in a, in a crowd. She said, are there any McCain Republicans here? And a number of people raised their hands. She said, get out. We don't want you. And guess what? She underperformed the Republicans by six points, 11%. Nationally, 13% of Republicans voted Democrat. In Arizona specifically, 11% of Republicans crossed and voted Democrat, it seems, from the data. And they left Kerry Lake and Blake Masters behind. Blake Masters did even worse than Kerry Lake. I don't think you can afford to burn bridges with part of the party. And there will always be the sensitive people. My gosh, the number of times I say something on the radio that people don't like, they're like, well, I'm not going to go vote in November because you said something. I'm not even on the ballot. And they're going to they're going to cut off their nose to spite their face because they got their feelings hurt by me. Seriously, these are kind of the people when I say people are stupid, this is who I'm talking about. And they really shouldn't vote in the process at all. If I can say something that dissuades you from going to vote out of spite, you're not a smart thinking person. You're just a mean, reactive person and you shouldn't be involved in politics at all. Go vote for whoever you want to vote for. What I care about more than anything else is that you actually vote. Participate in the process. You and I can look at the same things and arrive at different conclusions, and that's fine. I have a phone number. You can call in and agree to disagree with me. As long as you can get by without cussing on the radio, we're pretty happy to have people who disagree with me on things. The problem is the people who just decide it's over it's done. The country's dead. I'm staying home. That becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I want you to be involved in the process, whether I agree with you or not. I, and I'm saying this across the board, whether you're Democrat, Republican, progressive, conservative, liberal, moderate, doesn't matter. You should be involved in the process of your country's future. We are a republic with democratic aspects, and our chief democratic aspect is you and me voting. And if all of us throw up our hands and say, well, I'm not going to vote it does become rather self-fulfilling and it's not a wise thing for us to do. Participate in the process, agree to disagree, love your neighbor and vote. It's that easy. Now, let's go to Pierce. Welcome to the show, Pierce. How are you? Hey, Eric. How you doing this afternoon? Good. What's going on? Well, I had a couple of comments. Number one, now that the uh, U.S. attorney has decided to get a special prosecutor, does that motivate the Fulton County prosecutor to get her case done first and indict him first? Yeah, and, you know, uh, <laughs> look, and, and you know, she keeps screwing that sucker up. I don't know that they're going to be able to. What a waste of taxpayer funds. Yeah. My other thing is prosecuting Trump may play well for us because, number one, there's a lot of people like me, Trump supporters all the way, but we're at a place now where we need to move on simply because we need to win elections. We don't need to keep reliving the past. I'm like you. We need to move on and get somebody with a new vision who can bring policies like Trump to the forefront and make them work. 
and get the and join the moderates, the independents, bring some Democrats along. So maybe prosecuting Trump in the process and getting somebody else as a nominee makes people realize how politicized the DOJ has become, and that may put us over the top in 2024 and maybe have that Republican tidal wave we needed now maybe in 2024 and really gain big seats in the Senate. Well, look, uh, the, I, I, well, okay, so I, I just I got to say this. I don't think he should be prosecuted on on principle. Um, Oh, I don't either. Yeah, I I mean that they may, and I think it would be revealed as political. Um, I really don't think there's a there there. And if you're on on the left, all you can see is he broke the law, broke the law. I I don't see where he really broke the law. Um, That's like a lot of the Republicans over Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yep. Um, Although I gotta say, if if you're not gonna prosecute Hillary Clinton, you shouldn't prosecute Donald Trump. And they didn't. The Trump administration didn't prosecute Hillary Clinton. I don't know that it's advisable or feasible for the the Biden administration to prosecute uh, Trump. Let's just all agree on prosecuting Hunter Biden and move on with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's me. I'm like, let's just move on here. Forget it. Yeah, because really, we got to. It's really showing. We really, like you pointed out. The Democrat, the, the Merrick Garland is ignoring attacks on right to life clinics, attacks on, um, you know, other conservative groups. Yet he's mm-hmm. going after groups, yeah, because they're conservative. Yep, and it that's shows exactly a real it. bias in our justice system. And so many people out here. I mean, I'm just a regular guy. I'm a truck driver. I'm out here working every day. I'm sweating. And there's a lot of people like me out here who say we need to move on from Trump, but it's, but we have a politically divided country, but also our justice system is not fair. It's not. And we don't trust it anymore. Yeah, I, I don't blame you on that one bit. Pierce, got to let you go there. Thanks very much for the phone call. Uh, and a reminder that uh, Rand Paul is going to join me at the top of the next hour. Uh, the senator from Kentucky. Right now, before we go to break, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile's been out there helping conservatives, and the way they help conservatives is actually kind of intriguing. They get you to move your cell phone business to them. They are a cell phone provider. They give you data, voice, 5G, you name it, and then they take a portion of their profits and allocate it to the conservative movement. It's a great company with great service. They have guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers everybody else uses. And all you do is call them at 972-PATRIOT. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer service. So when you call them, you're talking to someone in the USA, not somewhere around the world outside of the U.S., and they can help you roll your service over. They can take your existing phone number and move it to them. Uh, They can also give you a new phone number if you want. If you have an unlocked phone, you can bring your existing phone to them. If it's carrier provided, you can get a new one from Patriot Mobile. They've got a great selection of phones, and then they give a portion of their profits to the Second Amendment movement, the pro-life movement, Uh, veterans, first responders, even conservative candidates for school boards around the country. They're helping conservatives beat woke school board members. They're a great source of funding for conservatives running for the local school board, but they need you to do that. They need you all just move your business to them. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can see their detailed map down to your house, what they have, 5G, voice, data, all that. Move your service, get free activation with my name, patriotmobile.com slash Eric, or call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you, you get free activation.
You know, you're going to want to keep up with the latest, even while I'm out of the office for the holidays, and you're out too to stay informed so nothing throws you off. Uh, you ought to subscribe to the email. If you text data to 33777 as a radio listener, you get 15% off. You can sign up for free if you don't want to pay. It's only like 70 bucks with 15% discount, whatever that winds up being, 50 some odd dollars. But you can also get it for free, uh, and you get the morning stuff for free. The show notes, however, the detailed stuff, the discounts to the conference and all for paid subscribers. Either way, though, text data to 33777 um, and sign up. Uh, one other text message code for you is donate to 33777. If you can afford to spare some money, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 40 bucks, $100, whatever you can do, uh, help provide food for those in need this Thanksgiving. Uh, with Hungry for a Day, they're trying to feed 35,000 families. And really, they could use your help to do it. If you can, uh, text donate to 33777. Um, let's see here. I want to see if I can squeeze in a call real quick from Susie. Welcome to the show, Susie. It's Cindy, by the way. Oh, Cindy, um, I'm it sorry. Doesn't matter. <laughs> That's okay. I just want to kind of switch gears a little bit. I was at a campaign event for Herschel Walker where the governor was there on Saturday morning. Yes. And I just want to say I am so thankful that Trump didn't show his face. And I talked to a lot of people, and they're ready to move on from Trump. And Herschel did a great job standing on his own. His speech was articulate and to the point. He was amazing. Look, and I think uh, I, it is nice to see the entire GOP in Georgia campaigning. The governor, I think it's kind of cool as well. They're going to gun stores to do the events. Um, well, this I was just, a this was an outdoor event place. This was Adventure oh, this outdoor. Outdoors in Smyrna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Adventure Outdoors, it, it's it's one of the largest uh, gun stores as well in the southeast. Um, it's, uh -huh. a, it's a fantastic facility, and I, I'm glad to see the entirety of the Georgia GOP on the campaign trail for Herschel Walker, uh, the governor's ground game. We've actually had door knockers in our neighborhood for Herschel, something we didn't see in the general election. They're doing it in the runoff. They're trying to maximize Republican turnout. There are so many more of us than there are of them. If we all turn out, Herschel wins. The question, though, is does everyone turn out? It kind of matters greatly uh, because we got to get him across the finish line, y'all. Herschel Walker, we got to get him across the finish line. Um, those of you in Georgia, you need to go in and get your absentee ballot in now if you can. Uh, don't be afraid to vote early. It's how the Democrats are beating us. Unless Republicans are willing to start voting early and by absentee, they're going to keep losing. The Democrats are banking their votes because Republicans are showing up on Election Day. You got these long lines like, yeah, I'm not waiting. And they walk away. Democrats are getting the absentee ballots taken care of ASAP, and it's working as a result. We have got to do this as a party. We have got to engage in the absentee and the early vote process for the GOP across the nation. Uh, it took four years for the California GOP to figure that out. After 2018, they decided the Democrats were cleaning their clock in early voting, and they put together a strategy. It took them four years. And in 2022, the GOP is actually doing very well in California in swing seats because their early voting game is crushing the Democrats right now. We can do this. We're not going to get rid of early and absentee voting, so you might as well figure out a way to beat the Democrats at it. 
Uh, go out there, get every voter you can possibly find or round them up, sign them up, get their absentee ballot, help them get it filled out, get it in. You got to do this for yourself as well. Uh, the Senate matters. If the GOP can hold Herschel Walker's seat or, or beat Raphael Warnock, Senate committees stay 50-50, which means the GOP has a very good shot at being able to block some bad judges. But you got to get Herschel Walker across the finish line to make that happen. All right, when we come back, Senator Rand Paul is going to join me.